Hi, everyone. My name is Kate. And I'm Kayla from Kayla Creations. And you're listening to ArtWise. All right. Hi, everyone. Happy whatever day it is when you're listening to this. You're listening to ArtWise, by the way, in case you forgot. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Kayla. Did you want to say hi, introduce yourself, and talk about what you're here on ArtWise to talk about today? Yeah, sounds great. So yes, hi, I'm Kayla from Kayla Creations, and I am an artist located in the Milwaukee area, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I do both commission work and I'm a live event painter. So I officially started my live event painting business this January, but I've been doing commission artwork ever since getting out of high school. And yeah, it's kind of my side gig right now. I do have a full-time job, but art is definitely my passion and something that I'm looking to transition into being a full-time artist. That is amazing i just have to say too you have like the most calming voice do you have you ever thought about doing like asmr no i haven't thought of that but i do get that a lot so my day job is in hr and recruiting specifically so i talk to a lot of people all day long so Basically, I'm just telling them about a job, trying to convince them that it's perfect for them. And then I interview them a little bit. So yeah, so I'm used to talking on the phone. So I I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. No, seriously, you should start a podcast or something. You like it's you have like a and I mean this as like a very good compliment. Like, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But you have like a before bedtime, like podcast voice, very (laughs) calm and like, (laughs) it's awesome. I love it. I appreciate that. Okay, so the way that I usually do art-wise is I write questions. I've sent you the questions. I write questions for everybody custom to their application, their experience as an artist, and, you know, the things that they do and work on. However, the first and last questions are the same for everybody because they're just super important questions for everyone to answer. So the first question I'm going to ask you is what, what's your origin story? How did you begin your journey as an artist? Was becoming an artist something that you've always known about yourself, always wanted to do? Or was it something that you kind of figured out later on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a perfect question. So basically, from a, from the start, from being a young little kid, I always loved drawing. I always had crayons, colored markers, or colored pencils, markers, everything. Anything I could get my hands on, I always loved making art. And my mom was like, I know she's going to be an artist one day. And oh my goodness, was that my dad's greatest fear. He just thought artists are always going to be struggling, never able to make a living for themselves. And he just always worried. My dad was a very, I can't think of the word, but he just had a lot of foresight. He always was making sure that he had enough to get by and was comfortable. And he was a saver. He had everything he had in his 401k. That was where everything went, his 401k. So from growing up, my dad was always a loving and supporting individual as well as my mom, but he just didn't want me to worry about money. So I always wanted to be an art teacher. That was my goal and something that I always said. And especially 
when I was getting into my senior year of high school, I was really looking into becoming an art teacher and looking at the different schools that I wanted to go to. And and then also I took like every art class I could in high school. I was, the, I was one of the art kids. And I know you had mentioned at in the episode where you interview yourself that you were the president of NHS and I was too. So I just thought that was funny. But yeah, so then when I got actually got to college, I was, I think some of those worries crept into my mind, you know, oh, you know, teachers don't really make a lot. And, you know, maybe I won't be as supported or, you know, I just want to make, you know, a certain amount of money. And I don't think I can get that with teaching. So I definitely did a big 180 and I fell into American Sign Language Studies at UW Milwaukee. And so I studied that in communication. And then when I got out of college, I just fell into an HR job. And that's kind of where I've been for my postgrad career. But just always in the back of my mind, art has been, you know, something that I love and enjoy. And something that I have been doing on the side for friends, family, clients. So I just figured, you know what, I'm just going to I'm just going to go for it. So, yep, kicked off my career or my art career, I would say, with my live painting business and also just I'm still doing commissions as well. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. <laughs> I I love that for you. Thank you. Let me just say, that's so cool. So, I yeah, I definitely had a similar kind of background. Definitely was the art kid. Like you said, I totally did all the art classes. I was president National Art Honor Society too. So that's super cool. And my art teacher actually like still to this day begs. She's like, you need to be an art teacher. She's like telling me she's like, you know, it's it's not that bad. I make I make 60,000 a year. It's not that bad. And I, (laughs) I always I'm like, I'm always like, yeah, maybe like I'll think about it, Miss Smith. Like, I don't know, like maybe, right. maybe one day. But <laughs> she she even like recently, one of the other art teachers, because my school had like actually a really good art program. We were a huge school, so that's probably why. Mm-hmm. But we had like three or four art teachers. And one of the art teachers was taking a leave of absence because of COVID in 2021. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, you should be a substitute teacher. You only need like an associate's degree and you can sub for the rest of the school year. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to get me to do it. And I was like, <laughs> dang like I don't want to because at the time I was a graphic designer for Nike and I was Mm -hmm. like "Mm, I don't really want to take a pay cut to teach and now I regret not doing it to be honest because Mm -hmm. I ended up hating that job and it sucked (laughs) but at the at the time of that of her asking me that I wish I would have just bit the bullet and and been like a substitute teacher because I think that would have been such a cool experience especially as someone who is literally like At the time she asked me, I was like 20. I was like, man, I'm going to be one of those teachers walking through the halls and everybody would be like, get to class. And I'd be like, I'm a teacher. (laughs) I love those TikToks where, yeah, they're just, you know, it's this short lady and she's like, yeah, getting yelled at by other teachers. And she's like, I'm a teacher. And they're like, no, you're not. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's my favorite. That being said, though, I actually have a question that's like not on the list of questions. Sure. Sorry about it. No Unprepared, unprompted. No problem. But I was just curious if you have like, a, actually, I think I have a question that kind of asks you more about this. But I was just wondering, ha- have you ever considered like teaching like online courses? instead of doing just like on the side as like a like a little side hustle yeah no I definitely have thought about it and in general just some form of passive income is definitely something that's on the forefront of my mind just to especially help with that transition between you know full daytime job into full-time artist because I think you need that you need that support so that is definitely something I've been playing with as well as, I don't know if you've, you've probably noticed this. I feel like every artist does, you know, you have people coming up to you and saying, you know, as a joke, well, I can barely draw a stick figure or I can never do that. I'm not, you know, artistically inclined, but I think what a lot of people don't understand is, is you definitely can be an artist. You just have to work at it and, you know, put in the time and have that passion too. So, you know, you're not going to put in all that time and effort to something that you don't like, but definitely in my my opinion, everybody could be an artist if they really wanted to. So what I have played with is making kind of like a syllabus or something along those lines in regards to you can be an artist or you can do art and this is how and then kind of give it give like a prompt so you know how if you go into a college course or even a high school course you have a syllabus of certain projects you'll be working on and sometimes some people just need that structure to be like okay I'm gonna make this and I have these parameters but I can still be creative within those parameters so that's kind of an idea that I have of something that I do want to create sometime in the near future. That's so awesome. I definitely think you should host some like online art workshops. That's something that I've been doing just to kind of, you know, I mean, you have an art business as well. So you know how it is. Sometimes you'll have you'll be like flooded with people who, you know, want to hire you for events and want to hire you to I don't know, for me, it's like getting hired to do like a full illustration, like a full like thing of illustrations. It's like 15 illustrations or like a children's book or I do brand design too. Sometimes it'll like, it'll come in in like a flood of people where you're having to turn people down and then you'll have a month where like nobody even asks. Right. And you're like, oh, what am I going to do for money this month? So something that I have done is like hosting little online like live workshops over zoom passively you could too like you could record videos and and teach little like online like art classes and and stuff and I found that people really really like enjoy that so I was just curious if you had ever thought about it because I think you'd be perfect for that especially with that voice (laughs) (laughs) I so appreciate that no I'm definitely I'm writing this down because I really appreciate you know that that is a really great idea I'd love to do something like that yeah, I just think I I love to give unsolicited advice. Here I am. No, no, I love it. <laughs> Not that I'm forcing you to teach art classes, but I think you'd be really good at it, especially as like somebody who also used to have aspirations of being an art teacher and for the same reason was like, yeah, it doesn't pay enough. Well, now I'm figuring out other ways to kind of like guide and teach people while still making more money. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, exactly. So something that you talked a lot about in like your application to be on the podcast was the experience that you had becoming an artist. I know you mentioned like it was your dad's worst fear. I'm I'm fortunate enough that my dad's also an artist and like my parents are super supportive of my like weird like little creative endeavors that I've gotten going on. So I can't really relate to that, but I do know and recognize that a lot of artists, especially younger artists, experience the same thing where they kind of feel like there's no way to do art and be successful. So I was just wondering like what your take was on younger artists who don't feel supported enough to pursue art as a career. What would you suggest that they do to combat that? Mm-hmm. No, definitely. It, I would say it's becoming a lot, not necessarily easier, but a little bit more able to kind of grow into that market now with social media the way that it is, which is just amazing. And I feel like I didn't necessarily have that support, especially within my family that I mentioned. And just in general, I just felt very alone, not really knowing what to do. But I feel like now, or at least now I'm more aware of the vast amount of resources that are out there and on every platform you can think of. So if, for example, maybe you're a person who really likes YouTube and just watches it, you know, or even has it playing in the background while you're doing other tasks, you could even just find an artist on YouTube who has, you know, you know, vlog style or come paint with me or some sort of, you know, sharing their business and their life online. And you can see, you know, what their path has been and maybe they even give, you know, support there. So I think now for any young artist that is really aspiring to get out there and make a living is just try to, if you can't physically surround yourself with people in your circle that are able to support you, search outward online because there's so many resources like like this podcast for one. So if you're, you know, a podcast listener, you know, search for artist podcasts and, you know, TikTok, of course, and Instagram. I think it's a lot easier now to see, you know, what everything looks like. How is your life structured and how can you emulate that in your own life. So I think that would be my biggest recommendation to anybody who is feeling lonely. Just try and find, you know, that one person that you can emulate and try to, you know, match that energy as much as you can and make that part of your own life. Absolutely. I think that's great advice. That's exactly, well, I have a lot of reasons for making that podcast, but that's Mm -hmm that podcast, this podcast that we're on right now. God, like, where am I? No, that's like one of the main reasons why I made this podcast in the first place was to feel like, especially knowing that there are a lot of younger artists who don't feel supported can have a place where they can hear like stories of success from people that are literally doing it. And I actually, I am planning this either has come out already or it will come out after this episode but I'm planning to record an episode I'm gonna literally title it like play this for your parents if they don't want you to become an artist and I'm just gonna (laughs) compile all my research and all my experience because I do be having a lot of experience in the art industry I mean I have been a professional artist full-time since I was 18 pretty much straight out of high school so I I have all I feel like 
a good grasp to sort of be like, no, actually, not only is it possible, but like if you play your cards right, like you could do it like straight out of high school if you really wanted to. So I just I think that is awesome. I think it's super important to just remind people too that like art it's not it just makes me so upset when people are like oh you know be agreeing to be an artist is agreeing to struggle and in a sense like yeah that kind of is true but not in the way that you would think I feel like a lot of people equate being an artist to a financial struggle but in my opinion being an artist is less of a financial struggle and more of a society doesn't view it as a real job struggle and so when you try to turn it into a real job people look at you funny and they talk about you behind your back and they're like what is she doing and you kind of have this sense like i have to you know prove these people wrong because art is so necessary i mean you can't even take 10 steps outside and like not see a billboard with art on it or an advertisement or a poster or something that was designed by an artist. It's everywhere. So I, yeah, I'm really glad that you said that. No, I, it's important. Oh yes, of course. And no, I agree that you, I appreciate you, you know, having that idea to, you know, compile just like all these almost bits of evidence or bits of receipts of saying, you know, you can make it as an artist. Yeah, it might be hard at first, but you can definitely do it because I think I saw it was a it was a video somewhere. I want to say TikTok probably because I'm always on TikTok. But it was this man who was speaking to parents and saying, you know, don't limit your child. If your child is sharing with you their dreams, you know, I want to be a pilot and you tell them, oh, no, that's not really achievable. Well, then your child is going to think that, you know, you're you're bringing them into the world and you're trying to show them what the world looks like and they're going to learn from you as much as possible. And this guy's point was, you know, you can monetize anything. He said, look at the sun. You can monetize the sun. And at that point he lost me. I was like, what is this guy talking about? And he's like talking about solar energy, you know, there's solar panels that are able to take, you know, the sun's energy and turn it into something amazing and something that can be monetized. So yes, I agree. Art is everywhere. I think that is definitely something that non-artists, you know, overlook. So much of, of our world is art and so influential. Yeah, I, I feel like non-artists too are, are like, I mean, I feel like everybody to an extent is an artist, but people that don't really see the value of art is a better descriptor. People who don't see the value of art, I I feel like they don't really have a good understanding of what art is. I mean, like I've talked to people and, you know, oh, this is a really good example. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but sometimes I'll be talking to someone. They'll be like, oh, so what do you do? It'll be like a new person doesn't even know me. And I'm like, oh, the purple hair. You can't even guess. <laughs> but they'll be like, what do you what do you do for work? And I'm like, oh, I'm an artist. And they're like, oh, so what do you paint? And I'm like, oh, I'm not a painter. Mm-hmm. I don't paint. I have never I don't paint. And they're like, mm-hmm. You just said you're an artist. I'm like, I'm not a painter. God, no. You know, because I'm not a pa- I'm not a painter. I can paint. Everyone can paint. Mm-hmm. I'm not a painter. It's too messy for me. <laughs> not my thing. I'm sure there are a lot of 
well, actually, I know there are a lot of beautiful, amazing painters like yourself out there. I'm not a painter. And when you tell someone that you're an artist and you follow it up with, oh, I'm not a painter, they get so confused. They're like, you're what do you? Did, are you lying? Like, what? <laughs> like, are you lying to me? Like, what do you mean? Like, are you being sarcastic? What do you mean you don't paint? Right. You just said you're an artist. <laughs> well, I'm not a painter. I'm an illustrator and a graphic designer and a digital artist. And I do traditional illustrations from time to time, but I don't paint. And that throws people off like something fierce. They're like, what do you mean? Art is paintings, I thought. Is that is more to art than that? What? They get so like lost. It's 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 absolutely bananas. It's so crazy. <laughs> I love that. So, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like people who don't see the value in art, they don't even really know what art is. You have to explain to them, oh, well, you know, that those posters that you see in Walmart are like the packaging on the cereal that you just bought or the billboard that you just drove past or the the sticker on the vandalized public property that you just saw. All of that is art, not just paintings. And I feel like a lot of people, it just doesn't get through until you really are like, oh, no, like to be an artist is an umbrella term. And there are so many different things that can make you an artist. Literally, not even an hour ago, I just finished recording an episode with which this episode will be out the week before this episode. So hopefully you guys have already heard it. But if not, the episode that came out before this was Morgan. She is a theater musician podcaster. That is an artist too. You know, musicians are artists too. I mean, people call musicians artists more often than they call artists artists. It's crazy. But that being said, like, yeah, all of it is under this umbrella of art. And I feel like it would benefit everyone to just learn a little bit more about what exactly art is, because it is a very umbrella term. There's a lot of things that things that art can be. And when you don't see the value in art, I feel like you like people who who don't see the value in art and think, oh, well, to be an artist is to struggle. They're missing the fact that it's literally everywhere and people will pay good money for art, too. Money is not the issue. In my opinion, in this day and age, money is not the issue for artists anymore. It's the fact that we're expected to work nine to five jobs and get put in this box that creative people I mean I'm sure there's a lot of creative people I know a handful of them myself working you know a nine to five as a graphic designer for four years I know a lot of people who do well at like nine to five jobs right but man like I I'm definitely not one of those people and from my experience a lot of creative people really struggle with trying to fit into that box because when you're creative and You are told to sit down for nine hours a day and do something this very specific way and just sit and stare at a computer, your brain immediately goes, okay, how can I do this in a way that doesn't suck? Mm -hmm. And you start to think of new ways and you're telling your boss, oh, I can just do it this way. And they're like, no, that is not how it's done. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you're told to like sit down, shut up and just like work and Uh, That's like relating to another video that I saw on TikTok. Also, it was a guy talking and he was basically saying how like society and the way that people view artists and creatives 
is just very like it the the system was not built for us to succeed mm. and it's a shame because like big companies would benefit so much from having like creative people at the top mm. but they don't normally get there because they're too busy getting reprimanded when they're starting out at the bottom for thinking outside of the box that they're supposed to fit in mm. and that is my two cents on like why people think artists struggle so much and stuff because it's not a money issue it's a society wasn't built for us creative people to succeed and that's why a lot of people think we're just gonna starve and die (laughs) when we say we're pursuing art so exactly no I think I saw that tiktok too and then I think another point he had made was, well, then you get all these people at the top and then you have no creative people. And then what they have to do is outsource and bring them back in because they've lost them along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they lost me for sure. And I didn't even, I, I got hired as a production artist. I wasn't even a creative designer. I was very much at the the bottom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, despite like my, you know, pleas for like change and other things, Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it anymore. You know, I I was at that job for only three years. And I know everybody's like, oh, my God, you only lasted like three years. How sad is that? Yeah, I'm mad at myself for staying that long. I feel like it was such a way, not a waste of time. I did learn a lot, but it, it was very stressful and hard on me. And I feel like not really related to art, but as a human being, if you force yourself to do something that you don't at least like enough to tolerate doing it for nine hours a day it is very taxing and that causes problems in other aspects of your life so like yeah for example like I know you have you know your job and you work in HR um so hopefully you you like that you know and it's not like draining but for me having a creative job on top of starting a creative business it was just like i was so mentally taxed by the job that my business wasn't getting the attention that it needed and then at a certain point i was like you know what i'm going to save money and then i'm going to when the t- when i feel like the time is right i'm going to leave so like for a full year i saved like as much as i could outside of like my bills mm-hmm. and you know that's part of why i left because exactly that that TikTok of that guy talking he was just like the system just wasn't built for creative people to thrive and they get so stressed and burnt out that they can't do it anymore because they're forcing themselves to function in a way that doesn't make sense right <laughs> it's like what, what what can I compare this to like it's like this is I, this is the best example I can think of off the top of my head but it's almost like is if you were doing like a puzzle and like the piece just wasn't gonna fit and you just have to sit there and just try to jam it in anyway that's what it felt like every day for me it was just like why am I doing this this is so stupid but no I yeah I agree 100% I I'm in the same boat I I just I don't necessarily don't want to say I don't like my job but it's definitely not my passion I think I tried to convince myself a long time ago that it was and now I'm just so over it and then I just see so many people, you know, making it. And I think I just need to take that leap and just be like, you know, I can do this. If, you know, if I need money, it's going to find its way to me. And I just need Mm -hmm. to do, you know, what I love and not have to worry about things, you know. So I agree. Yeah, it definitely will. I will say that you'll be so surprised too. I I need to talk about this more on the podcast, but sometimes like the universe has a way of being like, 
if you really want this, you need to be okay with closing one door before the next opens, because you're not always going to have the two doors open at once for you to just pick and choose. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very telling with, with my business, because when I was trying to run my business at the same time as I was at a nine to five, I literally made no money. Mm -hmm. But then like, less than a month after quitting my job, I even told myself I was going to take a full month off. And I started getting all of these clients and like opportunities started opening up. And I just it clicked in my head, like, I just needed to be okay with the fact that like, the outcome of this was none of my business. And there will be signs that I meant to continue doing it. Mm -hmm. If I just, you know, take the leap. I mean, you really like, you have only so much time on this earth and to spend it doing something that you don't genuinely love and feel passionate about just it. You might as well take the leap. And like, if you fall, then you fall. Like it's not the end of the world and you get back up and you try something else. Like I, you know, through, through artwork, and I'm sure you've done the same thing because you have so many projects and stuff. I have them all here on my list and everything. But there's like so many different things you can do as an artist. Like you do like events. You can like work with clients like one-on-one. -on -one. There's like so many different things that you can do to make money as an artist because it's like a multi – it's like a multifaceted skill. Like if you are a good artist, you can do – so much you can do graphic design advertising you can do illustrations you can do paintings like there's just so many ways to make money and that's kind of why I'm like money's not the issue here no money's not the core of the problem the problem is like people don't see the value in art and that is a really big problem because as humans we're literally meant to like come here and make art like that's literally how I view my life I'm like I, I'm here I get to make stuff before I see myself out that's all you know like mm -hmm. it's whole thing so right yeah I don't know if you agree but no, I 100% agree 100% <laughs> so that being said talking about owning a business and whatnot as an artist and a business owner and having a full-time job which I commend you for by the way because I know that's not easy I couldn't do it for more than like six months it's very hard how do you juggle your mental health and well-being on top of running your own business and working a full-time job yeah, no, great question. I wouldn't say exactly I'm doing it 100% and doing a great time or doing a great job 100% of the time. No one can. Yeah, <laughs> true. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be human if you were completely okay 100% of the time. That's not why we're here. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man. So, yeah, so I guess the main tool that I found that has been so successful for me is having a planner and having a schedule. And my calendar, I stick to that guy because it is the one thing that keeps me organized. <laughs> so that's the main thing. And then I am a habitual to-do list maker. And I think that has pluses and minuses because I can load up that list so well. I think I have a million and one things to do. And then I end up sometimes, you know, beating myself up like, oh, I didn't do enough today or I didn't get enough done. So I think that's kind of the part that has been playing into my anxiety, playing into depression a little bit, just feeling like I'm not doing everything as well as I would like. 
I wouldn't say that I'm giving, you know, all I want to at my day job. And I wouldn't say that I'm giving all I want to in my business either. So I would say that's kind of one tool that has been kind of working for me. But at some point, I think what I really need to do is I overlook how much I need to plan in rest and time to take for myself because otherwise I'll just get into fits of just like only wanting to rest or only wanting to take care of myself. And then again, it's almost like a a vicious cycle then being like, oh, I'm not doing it enough. I need to do this. So I, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent great at it, but I would say using a calendar has been beneficial and having a schedule as well. And then I think I just need to work on my to-do list and not making them so overwhelming or over promising myself to do all these things in a weekend or in a day or what have you. And then another thing that I've just found has been amazingly beneficial. I mean, that doesn't even cover it is I've been working with a business coach and she has been amazing because there's so many facets of running a business that I didn't even understand that she has helped me understand and, and get done. And What's really great about her is we meet every two weeks or so, and she gives me what she calls homework to do. And so I'll do this homework and I have a deadline, so I get it done. And I think that's the ADHD in me where I need that deadline to just be like, yes, okay, this needs to be done this day, so I should plan to get that done. So I think that has helped as well. But yeah, I wouldn't say I'm doing it 100%, but yeah, I don't know. You got to give yourself more credit because it's not easy. Thank you. (laughs) You know, you can never do anything 100% when like the things that you're doing are requiring more than 100% of you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I I definitely agree with everything you said, though. I've talked about this on the podcast before. I hired a business mentor, too, when I first when I was first like trying to start my business because I didn't even know I wanted to start a business until gosh, it's been like less than a year since I told myself, you know what, I'm going to like swap from doing, you know, corporate America and I'm going to start my business. And like my business mentor, shout out to Ginger at the Divine Social. She's my my business mentor and I love her so much. She has literally helped me so much, but she a lot of the same stuff like you have homework to do and you have somebody telling you to because I remember when I first started working with her I was thinking okay this is a person who also has a small business as a creative person as a coach as a mentor and like seeing just how she ran her business and like going on her website and like signing a contract through her and like paying through HoneyBook, I was like, man, how did she get this all set up? And then now I'm like using all the same stuff that she's using. And it's just, it's crazy because if I had tried to figure this out by myself, I don't know that I would have ever found all of like the resources and tools. So I, and you know, it doesn't have to be a business mentor. I know there's a ton of artists who have no desire to start their own business and I don't blame you because it's hard, but I know there's like plenty of artists who do, you know, they're just fine at like, you know, their, their corporate jobs or they'll do like some, some freelance, but they won't like consider it a business. There's like a million things that you can do to make money as an artist. It doesn't always have to be a certain way, Mm -hmm. but depending, I feel like depending on like what your goals are hiring, even just like, what are, what are they called? A, my friend is one of them. Why can't I remember? I literally hired her to do this. Mental health coach oh. or like a, oh, she's a mindset coach, mental okay. health coach. No, you're good. Kate, my, 
my friend Katie is a mindset coach. And I have a few friends actually that are mindset coaches. I have a friend who's like a health coach who does like recipes and like planning dinner and like cooking for yourself and like eating healthy foods. There are so many ways that you can like not only like better yourself and your life you can also like network with some really cool people who are doing like similar things that you're doing like if you're not really into like you know business coaching hire a health coach and like they could show you all these cool recipes and like you could literally learn to be like a master chef you could have like people over and your parents over and they'll be like where'd you learn to cook and you'd be like oh I hired a health coach mm-hmm. and like it's just so cool there's so many things that I feel like can help but I love that you mentioned the, the business coach because I I live by because I am someone who does not like to ask for help and as soon as I started hiring coaches I'm like well this is great because they need my money And now I don't have to feel bad about asking for help because I do genuinely need help. We all need help. So yeah, I love that for you. I I love that for me too. It's awesome. I still work with Ginger too. I'm like figuring stuff out as I go, but you know. Right. No, exactly. And I agree with how you mentioned, you know, she was using these systems and now you're using them. I work with Win With Laura. I actually found her through TikTok. She's amazing. And yeah, she mentioned or suggested for me to use, you know, some of the systems that she has. And I'm just blown away because one, I never knew that they were systems that they have out there. And it automates so much of the work that you would have had to do manually. And it is just amazing because that saves you so much time and it's so worth the investment. Game changer for Mm -hmm. sure. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it really is it makes like a world, like you don't think that it would make a difference. Like I, I actually yesterday or the day before I I posted a TikTok about HoneyBook, which is what I personally use for, you know, contracts and and things like that. There are tons of similar websites, but I use HoneyBook because Ginger told me to, and I love it. So I'm not going to switch, but I'm sure there are other things that are just as good, but I posted a TikTok about it. And like someone got so mad at me in the comments because they were like you didn't say it costed money and I'm like well oh my gosh I mean yeah I mean you got to invest in yourself I mean it's like a business tool you like it's like an investment and especially if you're an artist that's another thing that I love about being an artist too which I'm sure you'll agree is you don't have to have a storefront so you don't have to pay like rent Mm -hmm. so all that money that you would be paying on like rent or like I don't know what other I'm sure there's a lot of expenses in order owning like yeah. a, a storefront or like even like a gallery or something like that like having a business like that those expenses go towards these things that make life easier exactly. and it's it's not only is it much cheaper but like it's making your life easier and you don't have to worry about all of the expenses of having a store for, unless like your goal is to end like a gallery or a studio or something in which case like yeah you'd have to pay rent but right I posted a video about it someone got really mad and I posted a response because I was like I was not trying to be rude to this person at all but I think they mistook me but they were saying oh it's $40 a month and I posted a, a video response and I was like actually guess what it's a dollar a month for six months and they were like it's a trial though I'm gonna have to eventually spend 40 and I'm like well yeah but 
when you're using it, you get more clients because people are so impressed with how professional it looks and how secure they feel to have a legally binding contract, knowing that they're going to get art that they love because it's a legally binding contract saying they're going to get art that they love. And they're going to recommend you to other people. Like my income's literally like it was very small, like when I first started my business, but it's like tripled just from using like, you know, contract and uh, like booking websites and and stuff like that and they just were they were just like I can't believe like this is not helpful to small artists and this is not helpful for people who do it part-time and I'm like well if you want to be doing it part-time forever then don't invest in it I guess but I mean it was a suggestion I wasn't forcing you but yeah people get inflamed over absolutely nothing it's actually kind of bananas it's pretty bonkers to me oh man but yeah, no, I, I love that. I think it's so helpful. So, so, so helpful. So I, ta- I mentioned this a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. but I wanted to ask you about like some of the projects that you've worked on in the past. I know you do events and some other things, but I was just wondering if you could talk kind of about like the different types of like art projects that you've done through your business and just kind of talk about like the differences between them and maybe like who you would recommend, like which kind of project to. Okay. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. So projects that I've worked on. So I, I would say one of my favorite projects that I did in the past was for a client. So she was Well, she had a partner and he unfortunately passed away due to cancer. So she had been alone for a while and the two of them owned a farm and this farm had a decent amount of land and they had, they used to have horses and some other wildlife and it's just a a beautiful property. And eventually after a while, after her husband had passed away, she ended up having to sell off some of the land for for money purposes. And then eventually it just made more sense for her to move into a smaller area and not necessarily have to take care of the whole big farm and all the property there. So she had sold the farm off and her sister, as kind of an homage to that property and to the life that her and her husband had together, she commissioned me to do a series for her, all paintings that could go into her new home in order to just kind of reminisce and be able to to look upon and remember that time that she had there. So that was probably one of my favorite projects ever. So a lot of the pieces were either of the home. One, my favorite one is probably a view of the porch and it's sunny and you can see like sunspots coming through and there's, she had beautiful plants. She loves gardening. So plants and beautiful flowers everywhere. And so a couple of those pieces were centered around the house and the barn and the property and some for horses. And just, it was an amazing series that I loved putting together. So I would say for a piece like that, or just kind of in general for all the pieces that I do, whether it's a live painting or a commission-based piece, I love working with clients that are very sentimental people that are looking for something to remember someone or remember a significant moment or what have you. And it can be a completely original piece. Well, obviously it's an original piece, but just a piece that is their vision that I'm able to execute for them. That is 
my goal. So I'm always working with clients or working with couples that, you know, have a vision and want that executed. So when I do live painting paintings for couples at their wedding or if I'm doing it for an event, I'm always highlighting that I can include whatever you want into this painting, especially for couples at their wedding. With photography and videography, those are two major things that you're going to need for your wedding. It's a must-have. But with those, it's very limited because they can only capture what's physically happening on that day or at the wedding. But with a painting, you can add in elements that are, you know, not physically there. So my biggest example is if you've had a loved one who's passed away or potentially a loved one who's hospital bound and isn't going to be at your event or at your wedding, but you want them there, I can easily paint them into the painting for them. And that is you know, just a unique capability in order to capture that dream wedding that they have in their mind because it's not always something that they feel will be able to come true, especially if that loved one has passed away. They're not going to be there, but I can at least show them there in spirit or maybe emulating them in a in a symbol in order to, you know, signify that they're there in spirit or whatever their beliefs are. So, I would say those are, or that's at least one of the projects that was my favorite and something that I like to to highlight when I'm connecting with potential clients. I love that. So I feel like you can correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. it, I get the vibe that you like the really like heavily like sentimental like artwork that like means a lot to to people. Yes. Based on what you described. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. I just feel that that's you know, the main point of art, you know, art is meant to make you feel a certain way. So if we're talking, you know, advertisement, you know, using certain colors that are eye-catching and making you want to buy that product or, you know, you know, invest somehow or do something with that product. And I think it's the same thing with any form of art. It's meant to make you feel something. So why not try to capture, you know, a memory that was significant or, you know, something that you want to remember for the rest of your life. You know, I think art is amazing with with being able to do that. Yeah, I definitely I agree. It's something that I feel like personally like I I lack that in my art because I, you know, I I always see like artists like you and you know I don't I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head but just based on the things that you're working on like that are just super sentimental to people and I always like feel so like I don't know I it's kind of funny because I'm like oh look at this pink dragon that I drew (laughs) and it's like there's no reason behind it it's just I felt like drawing a pink dragon and then there's like the artists that are like oh this beautiful piece with this whole story behind it that just makes you have like such warm happies and then I'm just like look I drew cartoon dragon holding a dice like (laughs) well that's still really cool and it I'm sure it emulates you know some sort of feeling within you know your viewership and you know there's a diversity connect yeah yeah, there's so many different like types of artists in the best way. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to rag on myself or anything. I just yeah. think it's like beautiful how, like the different kinds of work and like artists that are out there. It's just it's incredible. So that being said, I was just wondering what like your future goals for yourself and your work as an artist are. Do you have like any dream aspirations like 
your perfect uh, ideal career as an artist? Like, what does that look like to you? Mm -hmm. Perfect career would be... Well, you might have seen her work before. Her handle is Watch Maggie Paint. She is an amazing event painter and she will, I don't know, she's just, I just love her. She is honestly my idol that I look up to and really the kind of the reason behind me starting my live painting business was because I love wedding. I've always loved weddings. Not sure if you've ever seen The Wedding Planner movie with jennifer lopez in it oh, okay no that's i okay. only watch children's movies no. I- <laughs> <laughs> no that's fine so basically it's just a, a beautiful i keep saying beautiful i need to use a different word but it's a, a lovely movie about a wedding painter and it's kind of a rom-com thing but i just remember watching it as a kid and just being like wow i you know i would want to do that and i even wanted to be a wedding planner for a while and i was thinking about moving into that field after hr and then i came across live wedding painting and live event painting and then i thought you know actually that's perfect cuz it marries you know my two passions there and so maggie she just amazing she's she will go to weddings all over the globe. She'll get invited to these amazing weddings that are, you know, like black tie events. And she'll go in these beautiful gowns and go and just paint. And her paintings are just immaculate. So I would say that she's kind of the goal. <laughs> like I, I would feel so honored to be in a situation like that, you know, working with a-list clients that, you know, are, you know, just wanting to, you know, capture that sentimental moment in a painting for them and then being able to travel because travel is something that is also one of my passions. I love going and seeing new places. So I think it's just a, a merriment of all of my hobbies there. So yeah, so I guess that's it. <laughs> just being able to travel and go to amazing weddings and, and, and paint. That sounds like the life. Have you listened to Leah Siemens episode of Artabella Galleries? That's yes. what she does. And I'm just like, uh, I I hope like you should definitely message her because she's super, super, super nice. Her episode, guys, that episode when we were recording it, I don't I think I've talked about the behind the scenes of this. That episode was a train wreck behind the scenes. I think literally I lost Internet connection like four times because this was before I was hardwired in. So I was using Wi-Fi, which I'm never doing that again. But we lost connection like four times and she was so freaking nice about it I I still feel bad we ended up I I I mean I had to do a lot of heavy editing but I ended up stitching together that episode I don't think you could tell how bad it was behind the scenes but oh my goodness but yeah she's super nice like if you have like any questions about that that's literally like what she does she travels and paints weddings I think that's like her main like the main part of her business I know she does murals and some other stuff too but Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's super nice. And anyone listening to this too, I'm sure she would love to answer like any, if you have like any questions or even if you just want like a friend who's like on the same journey that you're on, she's super, super nice and kind and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Just an all around amazing person. Yeah, no, I did listen to the episode and I, I couldn't tell at all that there was technical issues. So yeah, no, I would be happy to, to reach out to her and connect. That would be amazing. 
Yeah, her her information is is linked in the episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I think that is so cool. I hate traveling, so could never be me. But <laughs> I love that for people who really like traveling because I know that's something that most people like to do. It makes me nervous. I get travel nervous and I don't like leaving my house. Like even to go to the grocery store kind of makes me nervous. So mm-hmm. the idea of traveling just does not sound like it's for me. But that mm-hmm. sounds amazing how so much fun i wish i was a person that liked to travel it's not (laughs) for everybody so i understand (laughs) yeah if only everything was for everybody and then we could all just like vibe but unfortunately yeah (laughs) (laughs) so this is okay i've been waiting to get to this question and i'm glad that we still have a little bit of time left to talk about it so you actually mentioned human design in your application on artwise like i am a human design fanatic i fall i've fallen down the rabbit hole of human design so many times and now since you've mentioned it, you got me a little bit curious. Can you just talk a little bit about how like your human design has helped guide you on the best path for you? Because I, it's done the same for me, but I want to hear your experience with it because it's like my favorite thing. Okay. Yeah, sure. Well, so I don't want to say I'm an expert or at all. I'm definitely not very, I wouldn't say I understand 100%. Oh, I don't either. About, I just like okay. it. Okay. Because <laughs> I find it interesting, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was putting in my application, I had just recently seen a couple of videos and her on TikTok. So her handle is the Feel Good Expert. I ran into her channel or I don't know if it's called a channel on TikTok, her page. There we go. <laughs> and so she just, she had. Honestly, it, you know when you find one of those videos where you're, or something where somebody's talking about a topic and you feel like they're talking directly to you? Yes. That, yes. That was my experience. So she was talking about projectors and how they always feel like they're waiting for invitations and waiting to you know make an impact and she said that she's also a projector and so she was just saying that projectors you don't need to wait for your invitation you just need to cultivate rest and learn I I literally have it on a post-it note I have it on my desk and what we find value in is giving wisdom and guidance to others so that just really resonated with me. And I binge watched like a lot of her videos. And I wouldn't say I I definitely understand everything. And I feel like I would probably need to connect with a person like her who is an expert or a coach, I believe, and get to know more. But I'm curious to know more about you and how that's worked for you and your path. And this is just all new to me. So I wouldn't say it's been a very big impact. I just think it's really it really resonated with me. Oh, for sure. So I, from the way that you talked about it in your application, I knew you were a projector too. I'm also a projector, which is so funny. I love finding other projectors because we're, we're rare, not rare. We're not as common as some of the other ones. I think generators and manifesting generators are more common than projectors, but I always get so excited when I find like another fellow 
projector friend to talk to because since most of the world, I think like 60% of the world is a generator or a manifesting generator. And the world is kind of set up for them (laughs) because they're most of the world. So being a projector, you know, most of my life didn't know I was a projector until probably about like a year or two ago when I stumbled across it. And then I, you know, I looked up my little chart and I saw that I was a, a projector and I was just like, oh, what does that mean? I read it and everything just hit me. I was like, that makes so much sense. Mm. That's why I can't function like my friends and people in my life. They just have no problem just doing things and being, you know, humans and just going about. And I just like, I, you know, I'm not that way. Projectors, something that a lot of people, especially like classic projectors, which there are different types, which is another thing I didn't know until recently, because sometimes I just fall down the rabbit hole and I read and I watch the videos. But for the most part projectors can't they don't have like their own source of energy like we need to sleep we need to rest we need to have downtime because with generators and manifestors and manifesting generators they are generators they quite literally like can give themselves energy and with projectors it's like no I need my eight hours of sleep Mm -hmm. and I need my lunchtime to rest and then I need my go home and scroll on my phone and don't do work time and I need my learning time and exactly what you said I need what what was it rest rest and being able to just give yourself oh shoot what did I say I don't like me time or you know something along yeah that. or oh wait you mean oh from the post the three oh, yeah, yeah yeah cultivate rest and learn there we go <laughs> yes cultivate rest and learn and being told that because I people would always too like I had these friends that just could just keep going and I have a point throughout my day where like it's honestly I'm it's about nap time for me because I (laughs) since I started working for myself after I quit my nine to five I started taking midday naps and it's actually helped so much anyone that works for themselves and can make their own schedule I highly recommend like instead of you know how like when you work at your nine to five they'll give you like 30 minutes sometimes maybe like an hour for lunch and that's all you have I kind of set my day up so that I could take like a three hour lunch so I can just eat and then take a nap and then like wake up and start working again and that's just worked so much better for me as I feel like as a projector but yeah human design has helped guide me so much literally like you you were saying you always like felt called to teach people and guide people and that's such a projector such a projector vibe honestly because that's what we're meant to do and I think as artists it's really I mean if you don't believe in it ignore this piece of advice. But if you're curious about human design, it has changed the way that I function. And I feel like a finely tuned machine after learning about human design. Because if I just follow my type, it's so much easier to deal with like stress and other things. And if I'm not following my type, everything is like a huge weight. But like, if I'm like, you know, doing the whole waiting for the invitation and learning and mastering things and, you know, giving other people guidance, I feel like I'm living in my purpose a whole lot more than if I am just going through the motions of like trying to fit into a society that doesn't really have a perfect spot for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I don't know if you feel the same way, but no. I love human design, so I wanted to talk about it. No, I, I appreciate you talking about it, and you definitely taught me a couple of new things. Because, yeah, like I said, I'm not an expert there, but I agree. It's just, you know, learning that you can, you know, try to reach out for those opportunities. You don't necessarily need that invitation to do so. And I think that is something that my coach has also done a really good job of teaching me is actually getting out there, you know, going like, for example, one thing that she really wanted me to do was to reach out to associations in the area and go to networking events. And the anxiety in me was like, oh my God, what? And then the imposter (laughs) syndrome was like, what? And I I did it and it has made so many new opportunities for me and my business that I could never have imagined. And going on to podcasts such as this, she was like, all right, for your homework, you're going to email 20 podcasts and see if you can connect with them and be a guest. And I did and here I am. So it's just amazing the, the things that sometimes we end up limiting ourselves, but I, I guess my advice would be just don't limit yourself or don't feel like an imposter. You are, you know, what you say you are and confidence can get you everywhere if you're able to hone in and tap into that confidence. So yeah, I would say that is just a really good, I don't know, just a really good mindset to have. And there was one last thing I think I wanted to say. Oh, the other day I was at a wedding and one of the guests had come up to me and said, you know, I'm a painter, but I'm not a professional painter like you. And I think hearing professional painter, my mind was like automatically was like, what? I'm, I'm not a professional. I wouldn't call myself a professional. But and then I was thinking, I was like, I was like, why wouldn't I call myself a professional artist? You know? So yeah, I guess that's my little tidbit. <laughs> oh yeah for sure well we're at over an hour so I think I'm gonna skip to the final question and then I'll give you some time to like do some self promo but just to to close it all off I ask everybody this it's I feel like it's a really important question for artists especially to like recognize like improvement not just in like your art but yourself so my question is what advice would you give your younger self regarding your art career is there anything that you wish you would have avoided or done sooner Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, you know, just trying to listen to yourself and what you really feel your passion is, because I think in, well, and sorry, okay, couple things. So first thing, try to listen to yourself and what you think your passion is or something that you would enjoy doing. Don't feel like you have to pick one thing to do for the rest of your life either, because there's so many things that you can do. And I think that can feel overwhelming, especially I, my sister, she is going into her senior year of high school. So we've talked about this a lot and she's just in panic mode. And I know that I was in that stage, you know, going to my senior year, graduating, not knowing what to do or what to pick. And I think that society tells us we have to pick one thing or society tells us we have to go to college. You don't have to do anything. You can do it your own way. So try to listen to your intuition and go with that. Um, And especially you don't feel like you have to do what your parents want you to do or what your parents say you should do. Because if I would have done that, I 
would definitely not be where I am today. So I think that would be my advice. And especially don't feel like you have to go to college because it is expensive. And like you said, even yourself, you didn't go to college and you've turned out just fine or even better than fine. So yeah, I think that would be my advice. Yeah, I I went to community college, but it was absolutely useless. I'm not using the degree. My degree is not even in art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Totally 100% agree. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think it's important for a lot of people to hear, especially the bit about not doing what your parents want you to do. Because trust me on this one, they're not the ones living the life. They just, some parents, for some reason, feel like they need to brag about their kids and they just want to say, oh, my kid's a lawyer, my kid's a doctor. If you don't want to do that, don't do that just so that they could be saying that. Do what actually makes you happy. Exactly. Heated. Press. Anyway, <laughs> so it's currently self-promo time. So I'm going to give the floor to you. All of your ways that people can support you, contact you, find your content on social media, the floor is yours. Okay, sure. Yeah, definitely. So on TikTok, it's Kayla Creations. Also, it's Kayla with a C. That might not be something that a lot of people know. I feel like I always get that all the time, like Kayla with a C, that's so unique. But so Kayla, so C-A-Y-L-A dot creations on TikTok, on Instagram. Instagram, it's Kayla the Painter. Facebook, it's Kayla Creations. I think it's a colon. Live Wedding Painter. And I'm also on The Knot and Wedding Wire. So feel free to find me any way you want. If you go into my TikTok or Instagram bio, you'll find a link that has all the links to everywhere. So yep. So that's where you'll be able to find me. And if you're looking for an artist for your wedding or that can, you know, create a, a piece for you that would be capturing a memory that you would like captured, I can do that for you. So you can feel free to contact me through any of those socials that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kayla, for coming on. This was such a fun episode. I had such a good time. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's been a, an immense pleasure. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of ArtWise. As always, if you could just tell a friend about us, if you have any art friends, that'd be absolutely great. And five stars, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We have a free Discord server for networking with other artists that's just available for anyone to join. And we have Mert at katemerrymanart.com slash shop. So if you're interested in that, feel free to check it out. So yeah, that's it for this episode. And I will see all of you guys next Tuesday. Thank you again, Kayla, for coming on. Yeah. Bye, bye everyone. (laughs) Bye.